There's never just two sides to a sports issue. Welcome to Three Sides Sports Talk. Today was a good day. Welcome everyone to Three Sides Sports Talk. We are coming to you somewhat live, but immediately following the first round where I don't know about you guys, I have already cracked open my celebratory beer because as much nervous energy and I, for unknown reasons, stress that I was enduring over the last couple of days over this first round draft pick, I am so relieved to break the news, not really, but Trey Lance coming to San Francisco to be the Niner quarterback. And so we haven't we haven't gotten together for a week. So before we get into the immediate aftermath of the pick, a lot's been going on in the news over these last couple of days. Jerry was all set to never watch football again. It had a certain McCorkle been drafted. So give me your what you've been digesting as the draft approached over these last couple of days. Well, I was just worried. I, I think a lot of Niner fans were worried, especially, you know, after Kyle was talking about how, you know, no, half of us might not even be alive after Sunday. I thought, what are you, you going to unleash on us? You know, and, yeah. and look, I don't want to make it seem like I hate Mac Jones. I don't hate him. I just, I just hated the fact that the Niners were seemingly giving up three first rounders and a third to basically make what I had believed to be a lateral move at quarterback. I mean, I hated that the Niners were had made such a bold trade only to turn around and select what I would, what I would characterize as more of a game managing quarterback rather than a potentially transcendent one. You know, when, Honestly, when I when I watched Mac Jones college highlights, you know what the tape reminded me of? Nope. Nick Mullins college highlights. Come on. See, now, and you wonder where, oh, I don't hate him. Nick Mullins, an undrafted guy from southern Mississippi or whatever, like who barely hung on to a roster and wouldn't even be in the league if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan being able to devise plays to make him look somewhat serviceable. That's who. The elite the, who won the national championship. No, I'm just, right. What I'm saying you is, don't if I'm just hate Mac Jones. If I if I'm just mm. looking at the player, forget the names, and I'm just looking at their college tape, right? They don't look all that different. Is what I was trying to say, <sighs> and I was worried that Kyle Shanahan wasn't going to evolve in the way that Andy Reid was, you know, did when he took Patrick Mahomes, and I was afraid that. Kyle will be stuck with this kind of dinosaur approach and pick this one trick pony because that's what was familiar. But thankfully that was not the case. So I would like to submit how I feel now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because Kyle did not did not relegate himself to the you know conservative easy let me just take who i think would fit my system at least that's what we've been hearing which to me is also a bunch of hogwash cuz i think it's not about who fits your system it's about how to just get the best talent right it's not rocket science you get the best talent and you form your system around that guy so i feel dare i say Trey Mendes about this yeah. pick. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh yeah, it's been it's been a rough 
what last several months, right? Or at least since we traded the third pick, right? We go from, oh, it's got to be Mac to, well, maybe it's Fields, uh, maybe it's Lance. Like, oh, what are we going to do? And every day going, what are we going to do? Like tweeting back and forth, texting back and forth, or just wondering out loud, what are we doing? What's the pick? Uh, I'm just glad the day finally came. I don't know why all the uh, pundits were all stuck on Mac from the very beginning. Obviously, they didn't have anything to go on because that wasn't the case. And according to, I guess, Shanahan, he said it was Trey Lance all along. So, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm glad he went that route. Um, I came around on Lance. I thought he's, he's definitely a, a player with the high ceiling. So I'm excited to welcome Lance uh, yeah, to, the, to the Bay. So, Well, I mean, on that, on that subject, the, again, the Shanahan and Lynch proved they are, they are sealed tight. When they, when they don't want news out there, it is not getting out there. Uh, Schefter, even Adam Schefter uh, tweeted out this evening that the assistant coach and scouts did not know who the pick was until the commissioner announced it. Like that's how few people knew. So the day that the tra- day the trade went down, we we po- we did an instant reaction podcast. What are they doing? Where are they going with this? And that day, the news was out there. Oh, they traded up. They're they're taking Mac Jones, and it's like the Niners have been so locked tight for so long, and within minutes of this trade, that this is out out there. That's a little skeptical to me. So, um, and and now it's going to be interesting to go back to listen to Kyle previously like in his press conference when he talked to they said uh, do you know who you're gonna pick and he said uh we liked a certain guy and the other guys got better but this guy also got better so obviously he's talking about lance so you get to put lance into that that you know equation and go okay they like that's who they liked that was their initial we like trey lance now let's go investigate. Let's go confirm him. Let's check out Justin Fields. And obviously that's why they weren't at Trey Lance's first pro day. I mean, Shannon doesn't like going. So he goes to that first pro day, red flags and sirens are going up all over the place going, why is Kyle here? You know, like, oh, do we need to check? So when he got up to third, he had his, he could have his way. And the last couple of days, I, I I was worried that it was going to be Mac Jones only because so many of the insiders and experts were saying, it's Mac Jones. I hear it's Mac Jones, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was thinking to myself, it's either Mac Jones or all of these guys are wrong. Like, how could all of these guys, how could Jay Glazer and Adam Scheffner and Ian Rapport, guys who just break news all over, how could they all be wrong like not one of them is saying eh, i'm hearing you know so right when roger got goodell a question, announced, right? like where are you hearing right when roger goodell announced it i mean it was relief it was excitement it was yeah i i think i think niner fandom just exhaled and had a collective <laughs> sigh of relief and and almost not because it was trey lance i know a lot of people wanted trey lance but because it wasn't Mac Jones. Like it was almost, we don't care who it is. Just don't draft Mac Jones. That's what the draft had become over this past week. Exactly. I, in fact, a lot of these polls, when they're asking, who do you want the Niners to pick? A lot of the answers would be anybody, but Mac Jones. Yeah. And you know, like, and like you were saying a couple things, one, 
I would really love to know where all these people were so confident. Like, what? Who were they talking to? Where did they get this information? And and how they kept saying, "Well, these insiders, these insiders would never say what they're saying if they if their sources weren't accurate and they weren't a hundred percent sure or whatever." Adam Schefter said ninety nine percent sure. Uh, but also, it it would have bothered me that you know that it would have ended up being the worst kept secret by what was supposedly a very buttoned up close to the best organization, as you mentioned, yet then what everybody knew what the Niners were going to do and take Mac Jones as soon as the trade was made, like a whole month ago. I mean, I just, it didn't seem, it didn't seem to add up. And, and I just wonder now though, you know, how the media from Chris Sims to Adam Schefter, how do they feel about how everything went down? Like is, is Sims just absolutely shocked? Because that's what he said, right? He said, yeah, I'd be shocked if it's a not lot, Jones. A and, lot of them said, I would be shocked. I will be stunned if it's not Mac Jones. So, well, there's a lot of shocked and yeah. stunned people. I guess out they're there. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I guess they're shocked. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to add, uh, yeah, so I definitely had a uh, uh, an exhale and an excited yell and, like, you know, jumped up and, like, bumped hips with my, my son. You know what I mean? Like, whereas with Mac, I was going to be like, Okay, all right, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, with Trey Lance, I was like, yes, that sounds good. I like that pick. Yes. And and how silly would Kyle I wonder if 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 even if Kyle had been even considering Mac Jones at 3. How silly would he feel now seeing how everything played out, right? Cuz we had been saying all along that Mac Jones wasn't worth that number 3 overall pick and the Niners could have stood pat at 12. And if that's who they really wanted and lo and behold, he slid to the Patriots at 15, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. I'm just glad that Kyle was willing to evolve, like I said, be a man of his word and take that biggest, strongest, fastest talent who has the highest ceiling. I mean, now could Lance be a bust? Sure. But I could also see all of these top quarterbacks potentially being busts because that's just how it, things play out in the NFL. We just don't know. But as it, But I love how they took a big swing to begin with by trading up and now you know same thing following through on that swing by drafting some plutonium grade raw talent well what's interesting is we we've talked about it before i think kyle and john are almost too honest for their own good when they do some of these press conferences because again as you look back at what he said when he i want a drew Brees with Lamar Jackson speed. That's what he took. He says, I want the biggest, fastest, strongest, best. And that's what he took. Like he, he's laying these breadcrumbs out, whether purposefully or just because he, he doesn't, he doesn't think about how he's laying up. But like you go back and look at his words. It's like, he did what he said. He, you know, he, he did it. He's, he laid it out for us. And everyone interpreted things differently. Like, Oh, that means Justin Fields. Oh, he mentioned Drew Brees. That means it's, you know, Matt Jones. So as you go back and look, it's going to be interesting to see how these reporters um, who put together their mock drafts and spent all this time and they all came up with, it's going to be Matt Jones, you know, now, now have, you know, insight. And I'm sure they're going to go back and start reevaluating. Well, what was said, what was done. Um, But I think what really concerned me most though, during the latest press conference with uh, between with, with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and the media was how uncomfortable they all looked, right? You had John Lynch going, almost like washing his hands of it. Like, 
Uh, this is all Kyle. This is Kyle's decision. I don't even want to be associated yeah. with this as if like, he's going to take Mac. Yep. I don't want Mac, but he wants Mac. And then how Kyle was so irritated by all, like seemingly anybody who would even dare question the pick if it were Mac Jones, right? Like slamming anybody who would listen to social media. Um, well, and, they should be slammed. The, What's that? Well, that? They should be. That's the cesspool. Well, I mean, look, society. I don't need Kyle to listen to the fans or social media, but how about listening to NFL Hall of Famers like Kurt Warner, who believed that moving up to three warranted taking someone who can be more like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, right? Well, well let me let me tell you. Damian Thomason or Ronnie Lott or, you know, well, Steve let- Young said stuff like that, or even – you know, Terrell, Terrell Davis, both those guys played for let Shanahan. Me, let me tell you, Shanahan, by his own press conference tonight, he picked Trey Lance in January, but he's had to keep his mouth shut and listen to all the Hall of Famers and all the experts say, oh, he's got it. You don't think he wanted to reach through the, the screen and go, you mf I'm taking him. Quit making it sound like I'm not. You guys are putting Mac Jones on me like, I'm going to, sh- but he can't, he's just sitting there biting his tongue going, yeah. I-, I knew this guy two months ago. You guys are just, you guys are just catching on and, Oh, look at you guys being so smart. Oh, Trey Lance. I knew about, you don't think Shanahan just wanted to go. You guys, I welcome to my bandwagon, but I can't say I'm driving the bandwagon for another three weeks. So, I mean, that's why. So yeah, it's not like he, it was it their was- fault because he could have easily said, at least at that Monday press conference he could have easily said we know who we're taking but we'll let you know you know what i mean they almost made it like they no because you can't because and and you can't because of laramie tunsil you could think you know who if all of a sudden no but they didn't have to say who they would take no but all of all of a sudden you're if he was thinking lance and all of a sudden something laramie tunsil comes out about lance you're like oh my god we got to go with plan b and we don't like justin fields so Okay, we got to go Mac Jones. Whatever it was, you just – that's why you couldn't say anything. It's like we like five quarterbacks. So – but let's talk – one of the things I want to talk about is – well, two things. Jed York being on Twitter on draft day was very surprising, and no, nothing was more surprising than when he said, do we like six quarterbacks? Aaron Rodgers all, all of a sudden, you know, pulls pulls out his, you know, I don't know, trump card and goes – Hey, Green Bay, I don't want to play for you. Uh, yeah, I know the draft's in like four hours. So uh, I hear the Niners made a trade offer. I, you know, why don't you take that? So all of a sudden, yeah. four or five hours before the draft, you get the NFL MVP, gets, get again, you gets Twitter a buzz that going, he wants to come to the Niners. This is it. They're going to trade the, the number three pick. Da-da-da-da. So – you, what was your thoughts when Aaron Rodgers dropped his bombshell? And any was there any just thoughts that, yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming to the Bay would be pretty good. Well, well, for me, for me, I just want to add real quick on that previous uh, little debate. Because remember, this is all like a smoke screen. I just want to throw that in there. And like, obviously, like what I think Lynch said this, like the season of lying. These guys are just going to lie and lie and lie. And so maybe we ourselves got suckered into it as well like everybody else and thinking oh they're being too honest or they're, they're not telling us or why aren't they saying anything it was all it's all just smoke right so i, I, don't, I can't really blame him in the end but um, who's the one as far as Aaron Rodgers dropped was, 
the Mac Jones to the Niners, um, I guess, prognostication. And I said, who originally dropped that? And how did everybody jump on that bandwagon? That's what I wanted. Well, I think it was more you know, because that's what his style was. So they just assumed that's what he was doing because of Matt Ryan and uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but that's everybody was I mean, so no, sure. Nobody said anything about it. Yeah, so sure. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know if Jeff, do you have anything was, to add about sure Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. So, I mean, so Aaron Rodgers, like you had mentioned that. I'm like, um, yeah, my first thought was I don't believe the first text that came out. I was like, I don't believe this. This is, this sounds like BS. But then I saw some more information that come out about it. And I'm like, man, this, this guy just seemed like he's always trying to get attention. I'm like, do I want this guy? And it's like, yeah, he's the MVP maybe, but like, do we give up all those picks? And then the Packers don't get those picks that we gave up to Houston already. So all they would really be getting is three. And then they, they got Jordan Love. So they don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. And then how many picks and, and players and money do we got to give this guy? And I just wasn't sure if I was on board with that. And, but yeah, at the same time though, he's the MVP. So I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Right. And, and, and Todd, <laughs> it's you draft just day how- and it's about all these young guys. All of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is in there. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Todd, you mentioned that this is the season of lying. So when I first saw that come across, I was just thinking, Oh, somebody's trying to be funny. Right. Somebody's just trying to get attention. Someone's trying to be funny. They're just pushing the story out. That is completely false. Right. Um, but then when it gained traction, like you said, when when we started hearing that Aaron Rodgers caught wind of a potential offer to the Packers and he could come play for the Niners. And he's like, dude, I want. Yes. Take that deal. I'm not coming back to Green Bay. I was like, well, if they're going to go with Mac Jones, no, no I, I'd rather have a 35 year old, 37 year old, whatever he is now, Aaron Rodgers, because. Right. If I'm trading three first-round draft picks for something, for a quarterback, I would rather have more of that sure thing, right? I mean, you were talking, oh, Mac Jones, the superior, so smart, superior processor, can make all the throws, yada, yada, yada. Well, we know Aaron Rodgers can do all that, right? You plug him into the onto this team that you know with the tremendous offseason that, that the Niners have had, that this would be absolutely a Super Bowl contending team if Aaron Rodgers was on it. However, obviously part of, I think their the Niners goal with making this trade was to kind of reset that clock, right? Reset that quarterback clock so that they can have a quarterback that's young, that's inexpensive, that's controllable because they still have to resign whomever they, you know, all these other guys that are sort of um, whose contracts are coming up around, right around the pike, like your Fred Warners, your Nick Bosa's, yeah. what have you. So I think to me, this was a, kind of a a bigger plan or yeah, bigger plan than just, mm-hmm. hey, let's just get a quarterback or, or a new quarterback. So as, as, as tempting and as great as it would have been to get Aaron Rodgers, I think getting a guy like Trey Lance was the number one plan all along. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, we, we obviously are talking about Trey Lance, the quarterback of the future, um, Jimmy Garoppolo still on the team. Um, and I, I think, again, I think the reports were honest that the Niners were looking to be bowled over. They had to be bowled over to trade Jimmy. And the fact that the bears traded up to get Justin Fields, the fact that the Patriots took Mac Jones, that really takes most of the quarterback needy teams out of the equation. I mean, you can talk about Houston may still need someone. Denver might still need someone if they're just not, you know, said, even though they just traded for Bridgewater. So the, the, the bowling over of the trade offer wasn't there. And Kyle said in his press conference tonight that 
he will be disappointed if Jimmy is not on this team on Sunday. They said, is Jimmy going to be on this team on Sunday? And he said, I'll be disappointed if he's not, you know, he's, he's had, you know, those couple years of injury, but he's won a lot with us. And when he's played and he's healthy, he's been positive, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to compete all the right things to say. But at the same time, he said, you don't make this move, you know, without having an eye towards the future. So he's going to have to keep an eye. I mean, we all we all know Jimmy's time may be limited. Um, it's just a matter of how limited is it? He's gone for anything. He's gone for a third day pick on Saturday, or are they going to hang on to him? And if someone gets injured, you trade him, or are you just going to start the season with him until Trey Lance? You're you're one hundred percent confidence Trey Lance is ready to take the reins as a as a starting quarterback and just never look back. I think it's just kind of like how things have been thus far this off season in particularly how things are going with the quarterback position. It's just, it's, it's a moving, a lot of moving parts, right? Because if they somehow still get an offer from somebody else, whether it's because let's say their quarterback gets hurt and they get bowled over with your kind of Sam Bradford type of offer where somebody during the preseason or, you know, in the early in the season gets hurt and they offer like, first round pick for Jimmy, then adios. Right. Thank you so much for, (laughs) for the, for the memories. Um, But at the same time, they would still have to feel comfortable with Trey Lance being able to take over the helm because, you know, not only is he a rookie, but he's a rookie quarterback with such limited experience because he didn't play this season because of, you know, COVID in North Dakota state, not having a season, a normal season. They're playing actually in the spring. Um, and then he played obviously the year prior, but that was his red shirt freshman year. Mm-hmm. So that I'm, you know, so that means he didn't play the year prior. Right. Yep. So he's had a lot of time off and, um, and I'm just not sure if, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I'm comfortable just handing the reins to, to Trey Lance, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. For me, I think it's the best case scenario. We stick with Jimmy, unless like you mentioned, if we're bowled over with a first, I think we get a, if you're offered a first rounder, I'm, I'm taking it. I think uh, anything other than that, I'm probably going to hesitate and probably not do it even for a second, because I'd rather start the year and kind of just do this organically. And when the next guy's ready to take over, when he knows the system, if, if Jimmy gets hurt, if he struggles, um, or if it just wows him in training camp or in practice, it's like, man, we got to play this guy. I mean, he's just, he's really picked up the playbook and he's doing really well. But otherwise, yeah, I'm going to stick with Jimmy. Hopefully Jimmy has a really good year and we're not worried about it because we're a playoff team or Super Bowl contender. So if that's the case, then we'll worry about the rest of it later. But yeah, I think uh, just keep just keep Jimmy and uh, it improves our quarterback room, you know, and then if, if he has to go in or Trey has to go in and then Jimmy becomes our backup, fine. That's That's still better than what we had this year. Um, but the, I don't, I don't want to see him gone for nothing. And then we have Trey and Rosen. And then we're still kind of in that same boat from before, especially if he gets hurt or something like that. So, yeah. So I think I'd like to see it kind of just organically happen and transition kind of like with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, something like that. Well, let me speak. It's funny you mentioned Alex Smith. Let me present to you two different scenarios. What if um, the Niners are bowled over with the first round offer for Jimmy in the preseason because they experienced a major injury at quarterback, but in their heart of hearts, the Niners like Lance is not ready. Right. Like, do you still trade Jimmy 
and you coax Alex Smith out of retirement <laughs> to be the veteran, um, you know, is that what you do? It'd be good. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not the worst. I guess that's an option, but right now they got five quarterbacks. So, I mean, I guess you take your best three or stash somebody on practice squad if you can, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but yeah. And, and the other scenario is what if, I mean, Jimmy's been very quiet. Everybody thinks that he's just like a good yeah. soldier, but come on. I mean, he's human. He cannot be happy about how things have shaken out. He does not want to just be the, you know, the seat warmer, warming the seat just for Trey Lance to take over. What if he's just like, look, I, I don't want to be in this position. So what do the Niners do? You know, nothing. I just don't see him doing that. He hasn't done it yet. You know, right. and, he hasn't done so it. We haven't heard have from play him. I'm just, I'm just playing yeah, kind of yeah. this devil's advocate. Like, what sure. if, in worst case scenario, Jimmy's like, right. you know, I've been a team player this whole time. You went after Brady. I kept my mouth shut. You know, you went after yeah. Stafford and you know Deshaun Watson and all these other guys. And okay, now you're, it's official. You're, you want to replace me? I heard you in the press conference. You're looking for a starter. I'm guessing because I'm not your starter. So that's it. I'm out. Right. Like then what that, I guess that's, that would be my other kind of, well, well then what do you do? Yeah, with but you don't really no. see that happen. You don't see the guy say, Oh, I'm your backup and I'm just going to sit here. And if you put me in, I'm not going to play hard. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't see that as being the scenario. So I think he just will play as best as he can. So he can then get another contract somewhere else. You don't just try to dump him. And then again, the Alex Smith coax him out of retirement and yeah, I have I him mean, fill in as the veteran. Yeah, I don't think there is a, a then what if Jimmy does that because you go, all right, well, go retire then. I mean, like, I'm sure we were, I'm sure the phone lines were open. No one came calling, Jimmy. So it's not like we're holding you back from trying trying to do something. By the way, we're, you're, we're telling you, you can, you're going to start running with the ones to start mini camp and training camp. Like, Go win the yeah. Super Bowl. Go play so well that we can't go pull an Aaron Rodgers. Go play so well that we yeah. can't put this first rounder on the on the field. Yeah. And if you do that, yeah. good for you, good for us. Everyone's happy. And if you can't, yeah. if you get hurt, if we find someone uh, uh, someone we can trade you to, we'll do that because you have been a team player. We're not going to hold you back. But in the meantime, you got to come, you know, put the jock strap on and, and play some football. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to just look over the draft in general. Um, but I, I, I mean, I really got to give Jeff kind of high praise because in our mock draft, we got, we nailed four picks. One of them was Trevor Lawrence. So I'm really not even taking too much credit for that one. And even yeah. Kyle Pitts was the second one that I got right, which, I'm not putting too much stock into that because that was almost an obvious pick. But Jeff nailed yeah. Devontae Smith to Philadelphia, and he ma- nailed Mac Jones to the Patriots. So, you know, yeah, Jeff, maybe you gotta, you know, tell, you know, call Mel Kiper and tell him he's got some competition. <laughs> so, yeah, how many did Mel Kiper get right? Yeah, well, his his problem is he start he com- he does his final mock draft like two minutes before the yeah. the no, draft. It's tough so, because. Because one guy switches like when, when Jerry took field and then like that just changes the whole thing pretty right. much. So it's like really hard to get 
very many right. right? Um, so. I, mean, I mean, in as, as I was looking at, I'm just like, we, we actually hit a couple, um, you know, positions that the teams took, but not the players. So like, at least we were on the right track there. Um, but in the real NFL draft, it was Jerry, you were talking beforehand. You were surprised that nobody traded up either for Justin, well, presumably for Justin Fields, um, kind of in that, you know, probably five to 10 range. It took, it, he fell to 11 and then the bears, you know, made their move obviously for a quarterback. So anything else surprising or was, or is that the biggest surprise? Um, I mean, that was surprising that like, I, I think I mentioned to you um, earlier that I thought that somebody would have traded up with Atlanta. I thought Atlanta would have wanted to accumulate um, a bunch of picks and kind of re- rebuild sort of on the fly, right? Cause they were talking about trading Julio Jones. Um, you know, so when you start hearing about that kind of stuff, I didn't really think like they would just use that number four overall pick just to pick a guy, even though, Hey, great player, Kyle Pitts. Um, I thought they were going to leverage that into something more. Um, and, or, or, and if it wasn't at that spot, I would have thought that the Detroit lions would have had that same kind of mentality or philosophy of, Hey, we're sort of trying to rebuild this thing. Let's try to get more, um, more assets, but yet nobody came up to, make a deal for Justin Fields. So that, and that would be the third question. Like what's, I know you aren't a huge fan of Justin Fields, but I mean, like, so mainly I don't know. Like, I feel like his resume speaks for itself and I don't know why. And I, you know, that many people are, are so down on him that nobody was willing to jump up to go grab him. I mean, it's really me and the, me and the NFL GMs. That's, that's who's on in this boat with me. Like, I guess so. I guess so. When, in the past, I mean, we've had, many a quarterback who has much a much spottier record than a guy like Justin Fields, where people did move up in the draft or jump into the draft to, 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 you know, to pick. So that I maybe that's why, but, but I would say for me, I think what was interesting was starting off with the Cincinnati Bengals pick, right? Cause I was waffling between, okay, what do they want to protect Joe Burrow with Panay Sewell? Or do they want to just hook him up with his best friend, Jamar Chase, who had great chemistry with that LSU. Mm-hmm. And so obviously they went with Jamar Chase, which was a little bit of a surprise only because, well, we saw what happened to Joe Burrow and his leg last season. So, so that, was, that was a little bit of a surprise. And then I remember when we were talking about the Lions pick, because in our, in, you know, in our exercise, we weren't allowed to, to do trades that, you know, we're just trying to think like, who would fit the bite your kneecap off mold and i think in our mock we gave him Jalen waddle which is a you know great player and obviously he wasn't available but getting a penne Sewell, mm-hmm. that definitely fits yes. you know that narrative that uh and that or that mold that they want to they want to cast yep. so i thought that yeah. was that was sort of interesting as far as like the top 10 and obviously the chicago bears coming out of nowhere to um trade up for justin fields um was really exciting and it's funny because you know we always try to connect the dots and try to, you know, find nuggets to say, Oh, like who's going where and why, why is that? Well, I think yesterday, Justin Fields tweeted a picture of Wrigley field because he was at a Cubs game and the bears fans went nuts. Cause they were thinking, Oh, does this mean the bears are going to get fields? And I was like, no, come on. And then it happened. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I think that's what makes the draft yeah. so interesting. Like all the, for all those, all those nuggets. 
Well, it, um, yeah. along those nugget. I was notes, just gonna uh, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just gonna say in the draft in general, like me asking about that. I thought for a while there it went pretty not how not not necessarily chalk, but like it went for, like I what like made sense to me, right? Like um, for the most part, until it got to. Like I said, I think before we got on uh, with the Broncos and the, and the Panthers, both passing on, which I thought would be a good fit for Fields. They both passed on them and then and took corners, which then kind of screwed over the Cowboys. And they're like, oh, we better get out of this spot and trade back. But I think like, say, uh, Rayshon Slater, not slipping, but falling right in the Chargers lap was perfect for them. Um, I was a little surprised the Lions took uh, a lineman, but I guess I, don't, yeah, I wasn't sure what all their needs were or not necessarily following the lions, maybe a receiver, but uh, so they, they took Sewell there. And then I guess getting back down to like the saints, I think it was the first time when they took somebody who I didn't even know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, who's that guy? So, but, but there's a lot of picks in there that just kind of really made sense, especially like for the chargers and a few of these other teams. So my, my I agree with you, Jared, that I think the surprise was, Again, it, it made sense that the, the Bengals took Chase. You hook up, you know, you give Burrow a great weapon, the, the number one receiver, um, but you neglected paying, you know, protecting him, especially coming off that injury. Um, you know, but it's it's not like it was a it was a huge reach. Um, but I, I will say we talked about it before. I thought Jalen Waddle was gonna be um picked significantly ahead of uh Devontae Smith, and that was kind of one of those. You know, I guess Las Vegas prop bets, which which Alabama receiver uh, is going to go earlier. So Devontae uh, Smith falling to the number three receiver uh, was interesting. And the fact that we didn't get a we didn't get a defender until, like Jeff, you said, the two corners came off with Caroline and Denver. J.C. Horn, actually, the first defender, followed by Patrick Sertain. Um Rashawn Slater uh, falling right to the Chargers, but also the Cowboys. I mean, I think I think the Cowboys were looking at one of those corners. They both they have them both taken right right out from under them. Yeah. They end up ha- getting to trade back and still end up with Micah Parsons. So you're talking about at one point Parsons being talked about as one of the the top defensive players uh, available. So the Cowboys probably made out in terms of value. Uh, yeah. by trading back and, and still getting Parsons. Um, it's interesting. So we've talked a lot about Mac Jones as it relates to the Niners, but Mac Jones to the Patriots. So my contention has always been that I don't think Bill Belichick's a good GM. I think he's obviously an incredible coach, but as a, as a selector of players, eh, he's pretty spotty, right? I mean, he he's, he was covered. I mean, Tom Brady covered up a lot of, you know, inadequacies in, in, roster building for him and now he takes Mac Jones so Mac Jones is either gonna produce and be kind of the next Tom Brady ish that everyone talked about and Belichick will look like see I told you I got us a court we had to take this one you know down year but we're right back in it or Mac Jones is gonna sputter Mac Jones is not gonna Mac Jones is gonna be you know whoever you want to you know Matt Schaub or Nick Mullen, you know, he's going to be that guy and the Patriots are going to be stuck in that, you know, seven, eight, nine win, you know, predicament over the next few years. So that's going to be an interesting view because we'll see if Belichick knew what he was, he was doing, or if he was just, you know, he's been talking to his buddy, Nick Saban way too much. And Saban was giving him the Alabama Kool-Aid. 
Um, and then the only other couple things that I had been wa- looking forward to was how far would Caleb Farley fall after the back surgery? He ended up, you know, going to Tennessee at number 22. Um, when we had uh, Larry Kruger on the podcast, he had talked about the scenario of maybe trying to flip Jimmy, trade back into the first round for Najee Harris. Harris ends up going to the Steelers, which I think is a great pick for them. Um, yeah, Jeff, you're right. Peyton Turner, the defensive end out of Houston going to the Saints was a little bit of a head scratcher just because you didn't see too many mock drafts um, with him in there. But also the Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, they they took an offensive tackle, which um, talking to some to, to some Raider fans, they before the pick, they were they wanted offensive tackle. They wanted offensive tackle. So they went with so then they were like. I don't know how to react because they took the position that I wanted, but they didn't take, you know, any of these other guys and Daniel Jeremiah, you know, he comes on and goes, boy, you know, Leatherwood was ranked in the sixties for me. There were other offensive tackles, but you know, if you're the Raiders, you got Colton Miller on the left and just picked up his fifth year option. So you get bookends and if anything, protect car, you got plenty of offensive weapons, use the rest of the draft to, you know, find your, your linebackers, um, and I think the last thing I'll, I'll mention is the, the, uh, Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa still available. We're, go- we're entering the second round and he's still on the board. Not that I think the Niners are going to get him, you know, cause he's not, he's, you know, you already got Fred Warner, but there's, there's a big time talent that's fallen into the second round. So the Niners are going to be on the clock at, um, 11 picks into the second round. So we'll see which way they go. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a shocker that Wusu Kromo is still available, still on the board. A um, couple things. Um, I guess in terms of the draft, the draft, I guess in the category of shocking, but not really, was your Raiders pick that instead of addressing the defense, they went offense. Not that they didn't need another tackle because they just completely dis- disassembled their offensive line, but still it was one of those things that goes, really? You took Alex Leatherwood. Okay. Um, well, also in, in defense, quickly in defense, one of the things we were talking about, Mac Jones, Mac Jones never gets hit. How do we know? Well, Alex Leatherwood's the reason Mac Jones never got hit. So maybe they're looking at, we weren't really looking at Mac Jones. We were looking at the guys protecting him and you're right. Mac Jones never got hit. So take that offensive tackle. Perhaps, but I would say it was the, the collection of, Leatherwood and Dickerson and Brown. I mean, the whole, the whole lot of them. Um, but sorry. So real quick, in terms of the, the drafts, in terms of you, would, and then on the opposite thinking, Oh, you're going to take the offensive lineman, but you didn't. And you went defense were the Indianapolis Colts who could have taken Christian Derisau, who I know you're not a huge fan of, but again, there's a huge hole at tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was right there ready for them to grab and they went with Quiddy Pay. So, um, so that was that was a little bit of a surprise. And then and it's funny when I think about our mock draft because we did we also had the the two Virginia Tech guys going back to back. We had Darisaw going first, and then Caleb Farley. I think we had Darisaw going to Washington at nineteen, and then Farley going to the Bears at twenty. Obviously, we couldn't have count account have accounted for all the trades. But I just thought it was funny that. In reality, they did go back to back, except flip that Farley went first to the Titans and then Derisaw to the Vikings. So I thought that was interesting. And then lastly, in terms of your yeah. Yeah. your uh, your Mac Jones um, and uh, you know comparison to Tom Brady, I mean, come on, 
Not my comparison. Not your comparison, but the comparison, right? The the comparison that people have tried to make. I mean, I'm just thinking, well, well, shoot. Good thing that I guess the Jaguars and the Jets and everybody else weren't aware of that because I'm sure somebody would have taken Jones if truly he was going to be the next Brady or Breeze. Right? I mean, and then and then um, and then yeah, I, think, I, think I mentioned this to you gonna... before that to me the the I guess comparison that seemed the most apropos was or the, you know or the circumstance how Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network characterized it best with regards to Mac Jones is that Alabama and all its weapons was the Iron Man suit that made Mac a superhero quarterback, and without it, the suit that is, Maybe. he's really not all that special. So. We shall see. We shall see when he's faced with, with you know, faced against these NFL caliber defensive linemen that are much quicker than what he's used to facing, perhaps, you know, in college, and that he doesn't have, you know, the stacked Alabama lineup to protect him against inferior opponents. And, you know, we'll see if, you know, how, how accurate and, and what a great processor he, he is when the clock is ticking a little bit faster in that head of his. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to add uh, one more thing regarding the, the overall draft. I have to give credit to my Jets, Your jets. a little bit, right? So, so last year you go, right. So last year you get Becton, great, right? You get to get the left tackle. This year you trade back up to get, one of the best probably guard prospects that can play guard or tackle, probably plug him in left guard. I imagine um, with uh, Vera Tucker. And then you got, you got your, you got your franchise quarterback. The only back has downside is uh, he's going to drop back to pass and there's not going to be anybody to throw it to, but he'll be protected. Uh, so yeah, but, but good for the jets the, to address that, I guess, and get a couple of decent linemen there to protect Zach Wilson uh, I just don't know who he's throwing to or who he's handing off to. So, well, we still have a few more days, and as we said before, yeah, yeah. this draft is fairly deep with some good wide receivers. So, hopefully, your boy Zach will. See yeah, they might be able to pick one up right there in the second, I guess, unless they traded that pick. I'm not sure. Well, you know, I just pulled up just for just to see um, Mel Kiper's last mock draft, which came out this morning, still had Mac Jones. I'm going to stick with Jones here. Although there continues to be a considerable buzz around the Niners' interest in Trey Lance. So he tried to cover himself, but he did make – if he was making the – yes, he picked Mac Jones. So, I mean, again, it just shows that everyone was guessing. Everyone – like, we talked about it for a while. Chris Sims, you know, best tattoo buddies with Kyle Shanahan. He he said he would be stunned. Well, he's stunned now. So, and I mean, he and he shoot, he had Justin Fields falling to number thirty-two in his mock draft. So, uh, yeah. I think what the saddest part of all the mock drafts, every single time I read a niner, you know, the, the number three selection would be, I'm putting Mac Jones here, but I don't want to do it. Or right. I'm putting Mac Jones here, but I wouldn't do it myself. I mean, how sad well, is that? Good about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just, I mean, it just shows that. They had, I mean, these guys try, because these guys don't build their mock drafts how they would, you know, like what, what's the best prospect for that team necessarily, because they all put in who they're hearing. Well, I'm hearing this and this and this, and they piece it together. Um, so that's what it just shows. They were not hearing any substantial information coming out of, out of Santa Clara. They did not, right. everything they heard was from, you know, 
the sisters, barbers, boyfriends, babysitter, you know, twice removed. That's where they were getting their information because absolutely nothing was coming out of the building. Right, right. So um, just – and we'll we'll wrap up here in a second. We knew they were going – we knew they were going quarterback in the first round. They didn't trade back into the back half of the first round. So they got eight picks over the next two days. What's, what, what's the next pressing need? What, what is the next, you know, three positions that you think should be addressed? Well, I think we talked about it, that it could be, I mean, the, the one, the, the one spot that seems the most glaring would be a defensive back, right? Whether it be corner corner specifically, or it could be a safety. Um, but it could also easily be a guard, right? Because they can, they could probably still use it. Like it, it depending on who's available. Like I think I said, um, was it Wyatt Davis of Ohio state? I think if he was available, I think he could be the pick. Um, but you know what? I would actually wouldn't, I mean, I know that a lot of people are talking about how, well, there's not that many roster spots open, yada, yada, yada. But I still wouldn't be surprised if they traded back and maybe try to accumulate more of these um, depth pieces or young pieces that they can kind of build with in, you know, moving forward in future years um, so that they can kind of not just get one player in the second round, but maybe that one player lower in the second round and then add another third rounder to boot. So, um, so I guess, I guess to answer your question, as far as day two, I could see cornerback, I could see safety. I could see tight end. I think we mentioned Tommy Treble of Notre Dame. Um, I could see wide receiver in like the third round. Um, you know, um, like, uh, I think his name's Armand St. Brown out of USC or a Dwayne Eskridge out of central Michigan. So yeah, I think those are the kind of the, 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 the type of players that I see the Niners targeting in day two. Jeff. Yeah. And, and they can take one of those guys in the third. I, I would try maybe try to either stay where they are or maybe even move up to try to plug one of those slot receiver, um, kick returner, punt returner guys, one like Elijah Moore, something like that. Um, or the other Moore brother, what's his name? Rondale Moore. Rondale his, Moore. Right. Like one of those Moore guys, something like that. I mean, or, or maybe, maybe a guard, um, you know, if, if, uh, if one of those good, you know, guards is, is in that spot there. Um, but also I think if there's, if there's a decent pass rusher, man, I really like that continuous pressure on the quarterback. You got Nick Bosa coming back off injury. You added the guy from the Rams, you got Ronald Blair back, but you know, if you could get it an Ojolari or another, uh, another, another guy like that, or, you know, has some high, you know, potential there to get another pass rusher. Um, I think that would be ideal because I'm, I'm kind of more in the camp of we don't have a lot of roster spots to fill. So yeah, I get what you're saying, Jerry, uh, but you know, if we can get a slot receiver and or a guard or a pass rusher, um, then, you know, we're, we're sitting pretty good barring any major injuries again. Yeah. But I guess my point is like they resigned Tom Compton, but if we can get a white Davis, I'd rather have a white Davis than Tom Compton. Well, don't, don't forget, right. don't forget everyone's, everyone's favorite Quinn Miners. He, that's what you say, yeah. I mean, he he he's out there. I mean, that's a that's a guy that is definitely you know available. That he's going to go in the first fifteen picks of the second round. So whether yeah. he goes you know earlier than the Niners, but he's definitely possibly going to be there. Uh, I think Ojolari is a great pick. Basham, the the edge rusher from Wake Forest, is another guy. Uh, you mentioned yeah. the Moore brothers, or not brothers, but the Moore. The more wide receivers, the more twins. Yeah, <laughs> the more twins who aren't related. Um, right. you know, those guys. Um, but I think, I think they are going to go. Um, I think, 
I think they will take one of those edge rushers. If one of those top couple guys fall, I don't think they will. Cause we saw at the end of the first round, three edge rushers went like that. That's, yeah. you know, important. So I think the Niners are actually going to target their, their slot receiver or their corner um, unless Minerts or Wyatt Davis are available. Then again, you're talking about bringing in competition uh, for that interior line, which it's important now. And I think it's, it's even more important to, you know, sew up any of these possible, you know, situations like right guard to make sure that if you're, if you are putting um, Lance back there, you are putting him in the best possible position to succeed, uh, not only with the playbook and the weapons, but protecting him because by all accounts, Shanahan's playbook is complex. So he's going to have to get in there, read defenses, and he can't worry that, you know, the, the right guard isn't going to be able to, you know, sustain his block. So I think those are, I think those are uh, possible positions. And I'm excited because this, I mean, the, the first round gets all the hype, obviously, because those are the names everybody knows, but second and third round, you're going to get starters at positions of need before, and then you're going to start filling in depth. So you're going to have guys who are going to make a difference if you hit on them in these next couple of rounds. Anyways, that, that I think will wrap up our analysis of the first round. We will be back on a somewhat regular schedule next Wednesday to recap not only the complete draft, but um, the impending signing of all the free agents. Does anything happen with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, does anything shake out with Jimmy Garoppolo? So we'll have you know more things to discuss. But before we get there, Jerry – your final thoughts. So, you know that scene from the movie Star Wars when the planet Alderaan was destroyed by the Death Star and Obi-Wan Kenobi had this reaction? I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened. Well, that was what I was afraid that was going to happen had the Niners taken Mac Jones with the number three pick. And that Kyle Shanahan would have essentially Alderaan the Niners' chances of winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. And may have just may have killed a fair number of Niner fans in the process, which would have made that comment of his about how he wouldn't be able to guarantee if anybody in the world would be alive by Sunday. Um, but thankfully, that wasn't the case. And the evening has been, dare I say, Trey Magnifique. <laughs> nice. Jeff, final thoughts after the first round. Yeah, I guess just like a, a couple things. Um, <laughs> I joked about this via text and with everybody else, but you know, why is the draft being held in Cleveland? <laughs> I turn it on. It's raining. I'm like, what is this? It's just not a good visual. I, I know it's great for the fans that live there. Maybe they won't get a Super Bowl. That's great. Yes, I've been to Cleveland. Um <laughs> Great, but it, it's just a visual of like the rain and like the clouds all depressing. Like, what is this? What's going on here? But I'll have to give it to him. It seemed to go off pretty good, right? It was. It seemed like it was pretty good. I was looking at that tower in the background when they kept lighting it up with the team colors. And I, they didn't show it for Pittsburgh, so I was thinking they're not lighting up that that tower with Pittsburgh colors, right? Um, but yeah, so yeah, so it seemed like it's it's gone pretty good so far. So th there you go, Cleveland. Good job. Um, I guess 
I guess what, what, what the thing I was going to say about the quarterbacks all taken, it seemed like um, it seemed like for the quarterbacks, they've all gone to uh, all pretty good fits. You know, you got, you got uh, Trevor Lawrence going to with urban Meyer, right. And you got Trey Lance and that, that's a good fit. Um, you know, even fields to, to Chicago seems like a good fit. And then, and then Mac to the Patriots. It doesn't seem like anyone's really going to be stuck in a spot where they're going to get like destroyed necessarily. So I think the, the quarterback, all the quarterback, hits were pretty were pretty good i think pretty good spots for them um and other than that i'm just re- i'm just looking looking forward to it i mean i was pretty excited about the draft this year i don't know if it's because of the podcast or because we trade up to number three and we got to hold the keys to the draft and it was really exciting i remember like last year it was like uh, who do we draft you know it was like it was no big deal we were drafting late so i kind of want to get back to that now in the future though so the draft's exciting and all, but I like to draft, you know, 32 or 30 or, you know, whatever in the, in the future. So I guess that's about it for now. Yeah. Um, final thought would be, uh, first of all, thank you to Mr. Jeff Kropinski as I was greeted in the mail earlier this week with a, my own three side sports t-shirt. So <laughs> the merch has dropped and uh, the walking billboards are available. So excited to get out there and promote the podcast. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, for getting that taken care of. Um, we spent a lot of time um, over the past couple months uh, debating and digging into what was reported, what we thought, what we wanted to happen, what we thought was going to happen, what we didn't want to happen. Um, and it led to you know a very exciting uh, draft. And uh, again, that, that has uh, as exciting as it probably was for Jacksonville to finally get Trevor Lawrence, they knew they were getting Trevor Lawrence for a while. And even the Jets, I mean, the Jets for so long had been tied to Wilson and, and, and they, they didn't do anything to refute it. So the fact that the Niners held their secret so long and just dangled these carrots out for the fans, just earning, yearning for just some kind of solid information, just made it all that more, you know, enticing to watch. And the eyeballs were on the, on the screen for the Niners. So I agree. I'd much rather pick in 32nd. That means something good happened in February. But with this draft pick, I think it sets up nicely for a run at those types. So hopefully we do pick late next year. Um, but I also agree, Jeff. I think the the creation of this podcast over the past six months and how it's developed and how it's, you know, kind of organically grown, you know, in terms of our own again we we named it three sides for a reason there's definitely three different opinions you know when it comes to certain things so it's been exciting for me and first round's over two more rounds and then and then you can really exhale and start looking forward to next season because this was the this was the crown jewel of the off season so for Jerry, for Jeff, I'm Todd. Thanks for listening. We will catch you on next, or we'll catch you next Wednesday with a full wrap up of the NFL draft. Good night. I gotta say it was a good day.